no call and a last second shot from Drew Holiday sealed a one point win for Milwaukee. But on a night when Jimmy Butler struggled and Tyler Hero had to save the day, are there concerns about potential weaknesses that could be exploited in the playoffs? We'll break down a tough loss for Miami on this live edition of Locked on Heat. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. It's a Thursday edition, a live Thursday edition of Locked On Heat, your daily podcast covering all things Miami Heat, however you may be listening or watching on YouTube, Odyssey, or on your favorite podcast app. Thank you so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. I'm David Ramil, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Wes Goldberg. What a tough game. Uh, Miami struggled early on. Jimmy Butler was struggling all night long, mostly offensively. And yet Miami was able to get some incredible performances from Tyler Hero, Gabe Vincent, and others stepping up at just the right time. It looked like Miami might be able to pull away with an easy win in the fourth quarter. They had as much as an 11-point lead down the stretch. And yet Milwaukee found a way to come back and a Drew Holiday score gave the Bucks a 120 to 119 win against the Miami Heat. A weird inbounds play right before that where it looked like Jimmy Butler was knocked down to the ground. No foul called in that situation that would have given Miami possession. I don't even know where to start to be honest with you because it's just it was a very weird fourth quarter. Yeah. Atypical for this team giving up these kinds of leads and not finding a way to secure that, but we should make a point that without Kyle Lowry, Miami looked a little rudderless all night. It just didn't seem to have the same kind of crispness in their execution as they normally do with Kyle in the lineup yeah that was really evident and I think the final five or six minutes of that fourth quarter and I think a lot of people are going to look at that inbounds play at the end Gabe Vincent failing it to get it in the first time it being a little should never have gone to to that well they shouldn't have and then going to the lob to Jimmy Butler people are gonna say ah they should have called the foul there I, I don't care I really don't I don't care about referee calls like the Heat didn't lose that game because that inbounds play they lost that game because the offense completely stagnated in the final five or six minutes of that fourth quarter, the Bucks using what was it a 22 to six run or something like that to come back and win the game. That's why Miami lost. And, and you mentioned the absence of Kyle Lowry. Yeah, that was a big part of it, but Miami found ways to generate points for the rest of the game. This was just Miami's Achilles heel. When we talked about on yesterday's show, this was the Miami's Achilles heel just sort of showing up again, which is, the lack of half-court offensive answers. And there were at times where they would go to Bam, he would hit him with a post move or a little mini jump hook, or Tyler Hero would find some room for a sidestep jumper or something like that. But they weren't able to rely on it against Milwaukee's size, its length, and it's just overall good championship-level defense. And it was a huge problem for the Heat tonight. Now, is this going to be a problem in the playoffs? I think absolutely, because we saw it as a problem in the playoffs last year. Uh, obviously in that first round sweep, I do just wonder how much Kyle Lowry's impact will help, right? Is is Lowry enough to sort of loosen up this half-court offense? Because again, this was an issue against the Bucs in the playoffs last year, but it's been an issue for the Heat all season long with or without Lowry. I think there were a number of plays there where having Lowry would have been a huge benefit. Like bringing the ball up court, Tyler bobbled the ball at one point when he was – 
just, he was hassled by Wes Matthews to some degree. And then Tyler wound up having a backcourt violation because he just couldn't handle the pressure. Like he's more, I think, as John Crotty pointed out rather astutely, uh, astutely, he, he, you know, Tyler bear, better. And, you know, once he's already set the half court offense is able to create, you know, a shot for himself or others having to bring the ball up puts a little bit too much is a little bit too much demand of Tyler. And he wound up, you know, again, having a bad play there. The inbounds execution that we've seen work so well uh, when, you know, Spoke calls that, I mean, he's called that play twice with Kyle Lowry inbounding the ball. It would have been a great help to have him out there. I think a little on-ball defense on Drew Holiday, certainly in that last possession, I think uh, Lowry would have been able to make an impact there. But look, I mean, you you, you give up the scoring of Gabe Vincent, you know, in his place. Who knows if, if, if you know, if Lowry had started, would Gabe Vincent have been able to come off the bench and have the kind of big shots and the offensive impact that he had when Miami really needed those points down to stretch playing alongside uh, Tyler, who knows whether or not he would have gotten yeah. the same kind of looks or been able to generate those points. So I don't know. I, I think I, you know, obviously Lowry changes the course of the game. Uh, I don't know how much of an impact can be quantified in tonight because again, as you to your point, you got other performances from other key players there. But it would have been nice to have him out yeah. there because of his defense, because of his just ability to understand the flow of the game, to make the right adjustments in a play, to be able to settle everybody down. And maybe even, I think, to get Jimmy Butler better looks because while a lot of those looks were absolutely makeable, maybe just having Kyle out there would have, I don't know, brought Jimmy some peace of mind. I mean, Kyle would have helped. I mean, we've seen Kyle Lowry's impact. I just would have been enough to win the game. I, 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 That part, I don't know. How much different does it look? It looks different. How much different does it look with Kyle? I don't know. I, I do think that he would have helped a whole lot. We should got, probably get back to that inbounds play at the end, though, because it was a little weird, and I think it's worth explaining it and exploring it a little bit more, where Gabe Vincent, they go for that spread offense sort of yeah. uh, inbound look that Spolster has been favoring all season long, right? They put their best free throw shooters on the floor. Gabe Vincent can't get the ball in. He has to take a timeout uh, before those five seconds run out. They basically run the same sort of play again, except instead of Jimmy Butler coming to the ball, he's sort of going away from the ball. I don't know if that was an adjustment in the moment based on the look that he was getting from the Bucks or whatever it was, but I didn't love it, whatever the decision they was. Had Tyler, it, they had Tyler going in the opposite direction. And yeah. It looked like Jimmy was being fronted, and Gabe tried to lob the ball into Jimmy. Right. Jimmy caught it, but at the same time, then the double team came. I think it was Giannis and Chris Middleton. The double came, and they were very physically pressing up on Butler, and it looked like they were knocking him down. You're never going to get that call in that situation, though. Like on the lob, it's, it's you tough. never, I've never seen that call getting, getting that foul call. That's always like 99% of the time called the jump ball in every time I've ever seen that happen because people will throw the lob. You just usually don't throw the lob up like just that, like by one, I think at that point and yeah. needing to get some free throws out of it. You would have loved for a bounce pass or just a straight pass into the chest. When you throw that lob, you're not getting the foul call. When you throw a lob like that, like you're assuming that your receiver is sort of going to fall down with it, right? And that's what the refs are assuming too. Could it have been called a foul? Maybe. Did they kind of shove him? Maybe. But again, you just never really see that call in those spots. So uh, that's really what happened there. Again, I'm not going to blame the officiating in this game. The officiating had nothing to do for Miami's loss. Had nothing to do with it at all. It was the half-court offense stalling out. Look, Miami shot really, really well from three-point range for most of the game. I know their three-point shooting kind of left them, abandoned them a little bit late in the fourth quarter. It's really hard to lose a game having made 21 threes. It's 
really yeah. hard. Shooting 48%, uh, 45% overall from the floor. Uh, they won the rebounding battle. Oh, no, actually, they wound up losing it by four. My bad. I misread that there. But well, the problem way, was look- tran- the, the transition stuff. Like, the Heat early on weren't, weren't getting stops on Milwaukee, so they had to play in the half court. They couldn't really get out the transition or semi-transition. And you even look at the turnovers. Like, both teams had 12 turnovers. The difference was that Miami only scored 14 points off of Milwaukee's 12 turnovers. Milwaukee scored 21 points off of Miami's 12 turnovers. Milwaukee dominated the full court game. They dominated the transition game tonight. That's the game, right? The Bucks, 26 fast break points. The Heat had nine. Nine. The Kyle Lowry helps there. But the Heat have been a good transition team all season long with or without Kyle Lowry. Jimmy Butler having a, a, a turd of a game tonight doesn't help. But, uh, you know, we saw Milwaukee's full court pressure give the Heat fits late in the game, too. Just got to give the Bucks credit. Like, I thought both teams actually played, like, poorly in some instances and really well in other instances. And in yeah. some ways, like, this game isn't really repeatable. But what is repeatable is that both teams, I thought, overall played well. Overall found ways to make it a game and be competitive. I just thought Milwaukee was the better team at the end of the night. That's fair. I, I, I don't know that either team would have been able to to hang their head in a loss. Like, I don't think, you know, I know Jimmy will take a lot of this personally. I don't know how much he's going to be able to come back when Miami has to travel to Brooklyn on the second night of a back-to-back. So not a lot of time uh, to, to kind of, you know, focus on this bad loss and your bad shooting performance. You know he's going to take it badly because that's just how competitive he is. But at the same time, other than that, there were some nice showings from some players there. There were some good moments there. Miami had a nice lead going into the midway through the fourth quarter, probably enough to steal a game against a, an inferior opponent. But Milwaukee, look, you have to give them credit. Uh, they are a championship winner. They are you know, a very strong team. They had their big three out there that's been able to you know, procure a number of wins all season long. But look, we'll, we'll, we'll lay blame where it's deserved in the next segment, and then we'll ask some bigger picture questions about this team and some potential weaknesses in the playoffs. But first, just a reminder that this episode is brought to everybody by Bet Online. Football might be over, but basketball clearly is in full steam with both pro and college hoops from all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, thank you so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Well, it's a heat loss, so it's time to get in the kitchen, whip up some blame pie, David. We haven't done this for a while. (laughs) I haven't had to. I haven't had to. We've got to turn to Jimmy Butler first and foremost. I think you're going to be surprised. I I don't think you're going to be surprised that I'm including Jimmy Butler and that I'm leading with Jimmy Butler. You might be surprised by how much pie he's getting here. I'm going to go 60% of this thing goes to Jimmy Butler. That's a little Uh, low. Low. All right. uh, You see my 60? We can go up 70. 70%. 2 of 14 overall for 6 points. 0 for 3 from 3-point range. Why was he taking three threes in this game? I don't know. I don't mind He didn't really do much from a, a playmaking standpoint. Just two assists. Didn't do much from a rebounding standpoint. Only three rebounds. 
chalk this up as Jimmy Butler's worst game in the season. It's not even debatable. It's not yeah. debate. Like this was his worst game in the season against a team that he needs to play. Look, Jimmy Butler's not going to win a final a, a playoff series against the Bucks, but he can lose a playoff series against the Bucks if he plays like this. Oh, without a doubt. Uh, look, he's had a number of bad games. Uh, I could imagine that uh, Fiserv Arena crowd yelling something about Bryn Forbes or something because Bucks fans love pointing out that Bryn Forbes outplayed Jimmy Butler in that playoff matchup last year. I look. I, I texted you throughout the game. I have legitimate concerns because I just I, you watch these shots and I'm like watching his performance and I'm like, this we just saw this shit in the playoffs last year where mm-hmm. like Jimmy is forced into bad shots and then even the ones that are eminently makeable and a lot of them were just they're not falling and he's not getting the foul the foul calls that he normally does against other opponents there like he you know he took two free throw attempts I don't even know it was that low like I would have thought at least four or five free throw attempts. Only two free throw attempts. That's the bulk of his offense. When his shot isn't falling, he can still get to the line. Drew Holiday, Giannis, Chris Middleton, everybody on that team does a masterful job of either getting in Jimmy's head or limiting his touches or making life very difficult for him. I'll have to rewatch all those shot attempts because I'd love to be able to break down which shots were makeable, which ones weren't. Uh, But just like we saw this in the playoffs last year where these shots are just rimming out. I mean, look, 70%, that might even feel a little low. There were Mm. good moments there defensively. But as you pointed out, that's why he was in making, there. At the, yeah, no, yeah, that's why not, he was in there at the end. I saw some Heat fans being like, why even keep him in? Well, because he was the guy defending Chris Middleton. He was the guy getting switched on to Giannis in some instances. Jimmy Butler had to be in that game. There's no question about it. Uh, I don't know what the other option would have been if because you needed stops too. like like I said at the at the beginning, like Miami's best offense came off of stops. So in some ways, Jimmy Butler was necessary for their offense, no matter how poorly he was shooting and playing on, on that side of the ball. But um, it was a really bad, like, I'm not trying to make excuses for him. It was a really bad game and he knows it, right? He knows it. Yeah. And, and I'm sure, like you said, he's going to take it uh, hard. But yep. luckily for him, I guess, there's not much time to think about it because you have to turn around and play Brooklyn tomorrow. And Kevin Durant's going to be playing in that game, it sounds like. So no time to dwell on it. Um, all right. I'm going to give Spo 10% of this blame pie. Ooh, bold choice. I know you're um, a big supporter there. Is it, was it the, uh, the out-of-bound play there that he did design something a little bit more creatively? Exactly. I It didn't work the first time. I don't know why you put Gabe Vincent in that spot. And for this matter, I'm giving Gabe Vincent 5% of this pie. I don't think it's worth giving him a whole lot because he was so instrumental in keeping Miami afloat, hitting back-to-back-to-back threes at one point uh, to keep Miami's offense alive. But... That inbound, like, I don't know that you could put Gabe Vincent back into that spot. Like, that's a fireable offense for Gabe Vincent. Like, I don't know that you're allowed to inbound the ball anymore. It was really, it wasn't well done by him. But I don't think that Spolster put him in an optimal position to get the ball in either. And so I'll put a little bit on Spo. And I'm sure that Spo would look back on this film and see places where he could have been better too. Maybe make some adjustments a little bit earlier on. Maybe try to force some more semi-transition. I didn't really see a whole lot of that. I didn't really see any stuff where... They were trying to get some high screens by half court or anything just to sort of create like those bubble screen type of opportunities, right? Where you're able to sort of flow into a semi-transition stuff. I didn't see a whole lot of that. I'm sure maybe they tried it and I'm sure maybe the Bucks took it away, but you would have liked to see a little bit more of it from Spolstra as that, as that game went on. So I'm going to yeah. give him 10% and gave him 5%. So that's 85% of the blank pie there. Not a lot left to go around there. And I'm kind of struggling to think of who oh, might deserve oh. it. I, Giannis. You got, yeah. Just got to give credit where credit's due. Like, this is a tasty piece of pie for Giannis. 15% of the pie goes to him. He was awesome, man. 
14 points in the fourth quarter. That's why he's Giannis. That's why he's a two-time MVP. And it kind of goes back to a conversation we've been having. Like, we talked about the half-court problems for Miami. The bigger problem for Miami is that they don't have a player of Giannis's level. Like, Giannis was able to just do what he... Giannis was awful for three quarters. Like, it was classic Giannis hitting the wall against the Miami Heat for three quarters. And in the fourth quarter, he turns it on. And he you could just see, like, I don't care who's in front of me. I'm getting to the basket. And then he did. He did, and he got 14 points, and he kept getting to the free throw line, and he forced Miami's hand, and that was like that was the kind of thing a superstar can do. And like we saw in this game, the Heat just don't have that superstar. They just don't have that player that could do that thing that Giannis just did. I, I don't know. I mean, it's tough to make that argument because Jimmy, we've seen it from Jimmy. It's just... Maybe we're just kind of focusing or reminiscing about that incredible performance in the finals and the, the, the nostalgia of that incredibly historically good performance just kind of covers everything up since then. And we kind of just, when he has his 25-point game, we're like, oh, okay, Jim VP, this is the guy. Uh, the reality is he's struggling with a shot in a really bad way. And I keep, I've said this pretty consistently over the last couple of years, ever since Jimmy joined the team, like he just, he does not look at 100%. He looks like he's injured or nursing a, a variety of, of minor nagging injuries at some point in time. Like, I mean, this was a player, as some people pointed out, that shot almost 39% from three in Minnesota a couple of years ago. And now he just, he can't buy a bucket, mm-hmm. like even a mid-range shot. And I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure exactly what to make of it. There's, there's concerns there. Uh, this is a, a weird, tough loss. I, I see a lot of people trashing Jimmy and I don't, I think we have to advise against that. Like I know a lot of people want to panic about it because it's a tough loss and you know you want to get this win against a strong quality opponent in Milwaukee but i don't think it's quite fair to put all the blame i mean, we're, we're put a substantial amount of it but you know jimmy is still your best player he's still your best hope in a playoff series uh i, I think we saw some incredible performance tonight from tyler hero jimmy can be better i'm sure that he will be maybe the bucks have just figured him out to some degree yeah. i don't know maybe we, we have yet to see how Jimmy and Kyle work together against this Bucks team when they're fully engaged. Like we saw it early in the season. And, and since then, it's just changed dramatically. I think, you know, once both teams are fully healthy, and of course with Victor Oladipo sometime returning soon, uh, you know, with Marquise Morris out there, who knows what this rotation will look like maybe. Which, you know what? I was, I'm going to say the Jimmy conversation. Is there any blame pie left to go, Rod? No, that's, that's we- it. That's all the blame pie. But like I said, I don't want it to sound like we're panicking here. This was a bad loss. It was a, People a are. It feels People like are. they, of course. And you, you know what? You and I called this at the beginning of the week. We're like, the Heat are going to, this is a tough stretch. The Heat aren't going to go undefeated through this stretch. Um, and the Bucks just won the finals. So it's understandable if you're going to lose this game in Milwaukee. But. I don't want I don't want people to panic. I mean, we get this comment right here. Wes sounds like he's just been waiting on Miami to have a bad game. Look, I, maybe it does. I don't know. I, I but these are the same. The Heat. If you think the Heat are a perfect team, have fun, man. Like these are just the, the issues we've been talking about all season long, and they just were bigger issues tonight in a loss. That's all. That's what happens. Nobody's panicking here. Yeah. No, that's fair. Uh, look, uh, even if they lose against Brooklyn tomorrow, and, and I think that's a very realistic possibility. Back to back. Sure. Second night of a back to back in Brooklyn, Kevin Durant back. I mean, whether he's in a minutes restriction or not, it's still Kevin freaking Durant. And he's going to have, you know, a bunch of points because that's just what he does. Uh, he is that go-to scorer that you were talking about. He's not Giannis, but he's uh he's a little bit better than, 
Uh, and, and so, yeah, it's it's tough. It's going to be a tough stretch. And look, Miami can regroup against the Sixers. That'll be a different game altogether on Saturday. But for now, we just kind of have to weather this storm. Look, you can you can take positives away from this win. It's, it's I mean, this loss, excuse me. That there were some strong yeah. performances there. That the fact that Kyle wasn't there and Miami was still able to come back from an early deficit. You had strong, you know, individual defense from Caleb Martin. Bam did a really nice job defensively for the most part. PJ Tucker had a couple phenomenal possessions against Giannis there. Uh, I mean, Giannis, Giannis looked good towards the end there. But I would say for most of the game, and yes, he was in foul trouble early on. A lot of that was because of Miami's great defense, limiting his right. touches, building that wall and things of that yeah. sort. So, Well, you wanted to go bigger picture, so maybe that's what we do. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that in the next segment. But first, just a reminder that this show is brought to you by Rock Auto with an ever-increasing number of makes and models. It's now impossible for you, your local chain auto parts store, to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating lines of questioning? Wait why the person behind the counter finds the parts that they may or may not have in their warehouse. You know, it's just embarrassing. It takes too long. Why go through all that when you've got access to computers at home, which means you have access to rockauto.com. It's a family-owned business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can find everything you need in their easy-to-navigate website with just a few easy clicks. You can save time, save money, and who doesn't want to do that? So go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Then go to the section that says, how did you hear about us? And write the phrase locked on so they know we sent you. It's amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That is rockauto.com. Just a reminder that you can always reach us via email at lockedonheat at gmail.com or via Twitter using the hashtag AskLaHeat. Be sure to please subscribe to the show and leave a review. Wes, I feel like I've been kind of uh, going this route anyway because of Jimmy Butler and the concerns yeah. here. But, uh, you know, ha- have have the Milwaukee Bucks figured out how to stop Jimmy Butler, how to make life difficult for him? Because, again, I'll have to rewatch all those shot attempts. But between the ones that I thought were makeable and the ones that were defended very well, it seems like they just – they have – managed to take him completely out of his element where he's just he does he looks like a shadow of the player that we've seen on occasion this he's not just the player that we saw in the nba finals a couple years ago but just the version that we've seen this year where he's been the best player on the court can't get to the line can't do anything can't create plays for others not the jimmy butler that we came to expect uh that would be able to lead this team and instead you know he struggled so much and you wound up having to put the pressure of saving this team's offense on a 21 year old who responded rather well to the challenge uh I don't know. I, I'm not quite sure what to make of it. Like, part of me wants to say Jimmy is just continuing to struggle with his shot. It's just going to be a problem for the rest of his career. And another one, another part of me says, well, you know what? Milwaukee just does a really good job of taking him out of his comfort zone. What do you think? Well, they have three different options, like three good options. And one of them, Giannis, they didn't really have to use. And they haven't had to use him in quite some time. Uh, but between Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, you've got two guys who can credibly guard Jimmy Butler. And I know. Some people, you know, Drew Holiday has made a career of doing this, right? He, I remember in the in the playoffs when he's playing for the Pelicans, him giving yeah. the Kevin Durant when he was with the Warriors fits. I mean, this is that this dude is built for these kinds of matchups. He tends to give uh, bigger wings problems. So this is kind of Drew Holiday's job. Um, that's the thing. But then, you know, it does free up guys like Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo and those guys to do things, and they did for most of this game, right? And so if we're going to if you kind of want to go like zoom out big picture, what can we take away from this game? I think both teams walk away from this game feeling like they found ways to exploit the other team for Milwaukee. They know that they could put 
a bunch of bodies on Jimmy Butler and force the other Heat players to, or at least, you know, challenge the other Heat players to try to beat them. In Miami's case, I think they did find something with Giannis. I, I think they feel pretty comfortable, even despite Giannis's fourth quarter surge, that, hey, like we can, we can, we have a bunch of bodies now that we could put on Giannis. We could switch everything if we have to. Uh, an interesting thing that I thought uh, from this game that I saw from this game was, that they were sort of reluctant to switch against Giannis, that Giannis would try to poke at the Duncan Robinsons and the Struces and the Heroes, but they would be reluctant to switch P.J. Tucker off of Giannis. And when Tucker wasn't in the game and Bam was in the game, Bam was having the Giannis assignment, and they were reluctant to, to switch Bam. So they weren't just sort of easily switching. They, weren't, they were sort of challenging that notion a little bit more, and I thought that that gave Giannis fits, and then he obviously figured it out in the fourth quarter. But I think for, the, for a full 48-minute game, I think that's a pretty good answer to stop a two-time MVP, as good as there is at least. Um, and then, yeah, I don't think the three-point shooting hurt any team. Like these, these two teams give up the most threes in the league. Right. The Heat shot made twenty-one of them tonight. Milwaukee shot pretty well from three-point range too. But at the end of the day, it's about stopping the the penetration of both teams. Um, and I just thought that the Bucks did a better job of that for all four quarters. But Miami did a pretty good job of it for three quarters, the fourth quarter notwithstanding. Yeah, look, we talked about Holiday's defense, but offensively he had a big night too. Eight of 17 from the floor, three of eight from three-point range. Yeah, knocking down big shots, including, of course, the shot at at the end of regulation there. 25 points over for him. Uh, Look, Chris Middleton, before Giannis had to have those late-game heroics, Middleton was a really solid performer going four of eight from three-point range. He had a lot of wide-open looks, that turnaround jumper of his, so deadly, uh, able to get that shot off over smaller defenders there, over bigger defenders too, to be honest with you. But whenever Gabe Vincent or P.J. Tucker was caught in a switch or had to close out to a wide open Middleton, it was uh, easy money for him. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of torn here about the Jimmy situation. I feel like he's going to figure it out. But then again, I felt like he was going to figure it out. Well, he, he, the he missed a, a few makeable shots. Like he missed a few no shots doubt about he that. makes. Yeah. yeah, no doubt about that. But, uh, you know. But he missed those shots against Milwaukee last year in the playoffs, too. Mm. And I just I'm getting, you know, PTSD here, not to make light of any kind of mental illness or anything like that. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I, I'm feeling like everybody's, again, going to be chastising him for, for being outplayed by Brent Forbes by saying stupidly locked in and all the things that he said he was ready to handle the Bucks before the playoffs last year. And now in a situation like tonight, he just he didn't step up. He, he, he kind of, you know, he faltered considerably, which is not something that we're used to saying about Jimmy Butler. He's still Miami's best player, and everybody needs to uh, you know keep that in mind. Uh, but the flip side of the Jimmy Butler situation here is whether or not the Miami Heat are relying too much on Tyler Hero, because I, I was starting to get that feeling early in the first, first quarter when Miami had, what was it, an 11-point deficit there, and they looked somewhat lost. Mm-hmm. Jimmy was already starting to struggle. Uh, Bam didn't have his offense going. Duncan had a couple shots, but he was basically uh, the sum total of Miami's offense up to that point. And then, you know, uh, I, Tyler comes into the game and it's like, okay, all of a sudden things change dramatically. He leads the charge here. He winds up having 30 points on 11 of 21 shooting, 6 of 10 from three-point range. Clearly Miami's best player on the night. Uh, you know, you can give a shout-out to Gabe Vincent, but Tyler was phenomenal. Yeah. Just had was completely dialed up, absorbing contact, uh, doing everything possible. Look, Miami in total did not get a lot of free-throw calls their way. They did not get a lot of free-throw attempts. They were only 10 of 12. I, I, in the past, I have hated to use officiating or free throws as a sticking point, and I won't do that tonight either. I don't think you will either. Uh, at the same time, you can look positively to Tyler's performance and still question whether or not Miami is relying on him 
and his scoring too much. Like we talked in yesterday's episode, he seems like he might actually be Miami's best half court scorer. Uh, given you know the struggles that we saw from Jimmy tonight, it seems like Tyler must ha- has a much stronger case that I would have yeah. made yesterday. Uh, is it? Are you counting on Tyler to save you? Uh, I mean, look, it doesn't seem. Yeah, like any- no, I I am. I mean, it's this is Tyler's job, right? I I have no problem with them going to him as much as they did. He was the only. This is the kind of do-it-yourself offense that the Heat need, and quite frankly, Tyler the Hero is the only guy on this team that can consistently do it, right? Jimmy Butler was that guy in the bubble for so much of that bubble. But over the last couple of years, not really been that guy, right? Like that three-point shot not really being a weapon for him is a problem in today's NBA. That's not an issue for Tyler Hero, who's making sidestep threes out of the corners, uh, really tough shots off the dribble. Like that's the kind of player you need, and he's the only guy in the Heat that can do that stuff right now. So look, Tyler Hero's not a great defender. He's an okay playmaker, getting better, certainly. This is his job. His job is to fa- create and make tough shots. So I have no, and on a night where he was 11 of 21, scored 30 points, keep giving him the rock, man. This is a guy who had a, a, a pretty decent all star case, right? Yeah. Like you and I talked about it. Like, why not give him the rock at the end of a game? I have zero problem with it whatsoever. I don't think it was overwhelming to Tyler Hero. Again, Definitely this not. is what he gets paid to do. I'm sure he was fine with having the ball in his hands. The tough thing was that he was getting pressured full court by Wesley Matthews and stuff like that yeah. at the end. Credit to Wesley Matthews. He made life hell for Tyler Hero late. He had five assists, Tyler Hero did. He also had five turnovers, including that costly uh, uh, over and back that he had late in the game. But um, other than that, yeah, I don't know what other better option the Heat had. Well, I... No, no, you're absolutely right. I don't think they had any. And look, maybe if, if Jimmy was able to be a you know consistent semi score, yeah. not even be dominant, like we wouldn't be having this argument, uh, you know, because he was just he was that bad. Minus twenty one on the night, uh, plus minus there. The other thing too they, was like late in the game, it was the same problem that Miami had early in the game, where the, where the Bucks were just rolling, getting to the free throw line, getting baskets in transition. The Heat had uh, to play offense out of uh, not in transition, right? Because the Bucks got to set up their defense off after makes like that was a really big problem. If the Heat like I know everybody wants to focus on the offense right now, but the Heat needed to get in transition. They needed this to be more of a full court game for themselves. They needed to get stops. They couldn't get stops late, which is why I give so much credit to Milwaukee. I think this gets lost in the conversation on a local podcast, right? Where, we kind of we got to zero in on the Heat's issues here, but the Milwaukee Bucks just won the finals. They're a really good team. They outplayed Miami in the most important quarter of this game, in the most important stretch of this game. If if they miss a few more shots, or if Miami can get a few more stops late, and all of a sudden they, they they're not allowing the Bucks to set up half court and 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 forcing the Heat into tough offensive uh, 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 spots then yeah, maybe this game is a little bit different. Maybe you're able to get Bam out of bio more involved in the offense. We saw him uh, really have some incredible plays in transition in the middle part, parts of this game. Yeah. Those those opportunities weren't there late. you got to give credit to the Bucs just figuring out a way to score points late in this game. Um, I don't know that I've learned enough from this game. Again, I think you and I are going to watch this game again and kind of look at the film and stuff like this. But uh, as far as takeaways for a, a potential playoff series, I still think that both teams saw some things that they like. I think that there's things that both teams would like to clean up. I think the one thing we could say for sure is that was a playoff type atmosphere, right? That was a fun game to watch. And it was a game that I got really into, um, which doesn't happen every single night for me. 
Uh, I was really into that game, and this is going to be a really, really fun playoff series if it becomes one. Absolutely. Uh, You know, and look, for the counter to the, you know, Miami was missing Kyle Lowry argument. I've seen a number of people tweet out that the Bucs were missing some of their top bench players, Pat Connaughton, a guy who, you know, was a a nice contributor during their finals run. Uh, You know, he's uh, obviously injured, and he's uh, due to come back at some point soon. They had a couple other guys. Brooke Lopez uh, has been out. Yeah. Right. I mean, this is a a different team if they're fully healthy. Uh, but yeah, I, I think you can focus on the positives, focus on the fact that Miami can get some positive takeaways out of this and also still have legitimate concerns and say, you know what, when Kyle Lowry's out there, when Victor Oladipo out there, it almost becomes like a completely different matchup. So even mm-hmm. while there are still elements of these games that we've seen in the playoff runs that both teams have had, uh, I think we'll start to see different you know, elements of this game. But I think we've got some yeah, one questions. More, one, oh, no, I'm sorry. One yeah. more thing on Jimmy Butler. Um, yeah, that's it. His role, I, I'm seeing a lot of stuff in the comments here, and I just want to address it. Oh, yeah. that Jimmy Butler like can't score late, and you can't rely on him late and stuff like that. I agree. And against the Milwaukee Bucks, I don't think you can rely on Jimmy Butler late to, for offense. The Heat weren't. But, what, but they, they weren't. They put him in the Kyle Lowry role. He was facilitating offense. He was trying to find Tyler and Bam and all these other yep. guys. You need him for what he can do defensively. You need him to defend Chris Middleton, because Chris Middleton was not a part of the offense late for Milwaukee. You want to know why? Jimmy Butler. Uh, you need Jimmy Butler in this series. His role is just a little bit different than it is against most other teams. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. Um, let's get to some questions here. Are there any that really particularly stand out? I know if you're still uh, in the chat or you're still watching the show live, please make sure to submit a question here. We got anything that we need to answer for all of our viewers? Um, no, I think we're pretty. I think we pretty much hit everything. Um, okay. Yeah, somebody somebody asked earlier about uh, buyout market. Oh, here we go. No, I'm not doing another buy. I, I'm vetoing by. No, I'm not doing another buyout question. No, okay. no. All right, not doing Sorry. it. Sorry. 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 Thank you for for sending it in. And the answer <laughs> boycotting is no, it. Way. Boycotting buyout no. questions. I'll, I'll answer it. The answer is no. Uh, you got here's one from Tommy. Um, he says, "Do you guys?" You guys think this is one loss. Wake up. This is a rival team. We gave them a mental advantage tonight. They now know they can beat us down eight with three minutes left. Uh, I'm going to dismiss this they as care. well. They yeah, swept well, They swept the heat in the in the playoffs in the first round last year. I think that whatever mental advantage there is, look, I think both, I actually think both of these teams walk into a potential playoff series pretty confident. Is that weird to say? I think the Heat would walk into that series being like, we know we can beat this team. I yes. think the Bucks would walk into that series thinking, we know we could beat this team. Yeah, I, I think that's the, the kind of mental advantage that Tommy is talking about. Is something that fans believe in more than anything else. I, like I know that players somewhat take it, that into consideration, but the proof is always on what happens out on the floor. Tonight was one regular season game in early March. It doesn't really matter, or you know, the regular season records against teams don't matter. Just ask the Indiana Pacers during the Big Three era. Uh, they won a lot of regular season games against Miami and didn't win a single playoff series against the Heat. So I wouldn't be too concerned about it. At the same time, uh, it would have been nice for Miami to have been able to at least pull away the victory here because again their night gets a lot more difficult by having to travel to Brooklyn and take on Kevin Durant and the Nets but uh I don't know uh I'm kind of at a loss for words because I really thought Miami's going to find a way to pull it out I just thought they were going to be able to figure it out uh because they have so often during this regular season and yet without Kyle there their execution in the late game situations was less than perfect and that's all that Milwaukee needed at home with the momentum in their favor with some 
maybe some nice uh, officiating in their favor as well. Uh, you know, that was enough for them to get the the win, a one point win. So it's not like catastrophic or anything like that. A lot of fans talking about trading Jimmy. That's blasphemous. We won't have that here on this <laughs> no. episode. Yeah, we won't. We won't. We won't take any of that kind of talk. We'll veto that a hundred percent. But uh, as far as the Nets game tomorrow. We'll be back live after that game as well, so make sure you stay tuned. Make sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts so that you can get the best coverage available and you can find out whenever we do those shows live so you can continue to chime in and send in questions, comments, whatever. We'd love to get feedback from all of you. Thanks so much for tuning in on tonight's show, despite the loss, and thanks so much for joining me, Wes. I am David Ramil signing off for now. Heat still have the uh, tiebreaker because of division records. Don't forget. Yeah, yeah. Let's wrap absolutely. it up, Pete.